It is hard enough for just about anyone to find housing these days, but for families, for those with children and youth, it is even more challenging. That's one of the big items that was identified in a new report from the First Call Child and Youth Advocacy Society. Adrian Montani is the executive director and joins us now. Good morning. Good morning, Timmy. Now, can you tell me, give me an idea of what it is that you looked at in this report. Well, uh, we this was we heard from families for a long time that there were big barriers to securing housing and that the cost of appropriate housing was really unaffordable for many families. So we were lucky to get some funding from the Law Foundation to do a research report. And we reached out to about 250 families uh, and 163 service providers that all provided us with information and through focus groups and surveys and stuff. And what we heard was that the main barriers to finding and keeping housing was unaffordability, not surprising, uh, but also a lot about discrimination in the private rental market, uh, overcrowding due to the lack of larger units, long waiting lists for subsidized housing. So that was, and I'll just start with an astounding 40% of the parents in our research reported that they were denied rental housing because they had children or they had too many children or the ages of their children. People didn't, landlords didn't want young children or teenagers. So we were um, Really, that that was a surprise to us, the, the volume of discrimination we discovered. Okay, so that, that's the kind of discrimination you're talking about then, is that as soon as the landlord saw families, they thought, mm, no, don't want to do this. Yeah, and quite openly. And it's, uh, they're supposed to be, there's very weak legal protection against that kind of discrimination in the private rental market. So the human, BC Human Rights Code doesn't prohibit uh, discrimination in tenancy against people under the age of 19. There's supposed to be protections against discrimination on the basis of family status, but in the private rental market with very low vacancy rates, landlords rarely suffer any consequences for openly discriminating against families with children. And families who are struggling to secure housing in a very competitive rental market are very unlikely to make a human rights complaint. It's just a very long process and some don't even know it exists. Yeah, I was going to say, do the, is there a process? Are there rights that are protected? Like if people were to pursue Sue it. Are those rights there? Yes. In our report, we found some case law. Uh, very little, though, and not surprising because this is a long process. It usually takes years. And so it, there are, it, you can eventually get some redress. But after years of following a, a human rights complaint, you might get you know, maybe $5,000 or something in compensation. In, but in the meantime, you're really looking for, for housing for your family. And that's the priority. So, and some of your your listeners may have heard of that family who were told their rent would increase by six right. months when their first baby was born. Well, that's an example of, of discrimination that is still legal, like you, and that was in their rental agreement, unfortunately. And um, and so that's the kind of thing again we'd like government to, to address. We think that's discriminatory against children. Yeah. What are the fixes here then, Adrian? Well, I think uh, we have a number of recommendations in the report uh, that. Uh, big big ones like build a whole bunch more subsidized and or lo- low cost housing affordable housing and those that takes time and we know government's working on it but we really need to ramp that up regulate uh, private landlords we have some suggestions in there around that we look to Scotland and some other places where they have landlord registries with some criteria and you can not be registered if you if you breach uh, laws one of the other legal recommendations we've made is that uh, the residential tenancy act that, that the residential um, tenancy uh, branch be allowed to apply the human rights code. It's, if someone comes and says, I've been denied, I've been being evicted because of, of something breaking the rules on, on tenancy, that can be acted on by the residential tenancy branch. They can mediate that or, or make a decision. But if they come and say that they, they 
because I had kids or because the landlord will deny that. And that's a human rights issue. And that has to go to the human, a human rights complaint. And that can't be handled by the residential tenancy branch. And we looked and that can be changed so that the residential tenancy branch could actually apply the human rights code for right. their decisions. Can it be and streamlined? Then, can it be streamlined yeah. as well? I'm wondering, because if you've got children and you're trying to find a place to rent, yeah. you may not have the time to go through this process, right? You've got to find oh, something. Exactly, exactly. And and then uh, for those who are um, waiting, some of the other suggestions, for those who are waiting for housing, on, on for subsidized housing, uh, beside, of course, we need to build more stock, but we can also... Uh, we've asked them to amend the the placement decisions that that are made so that um, when you know we give an example in the report of a family who uh, a single mom with two kids who has her aunt living with her and because the mom has a disability she can only work part time her aunt is a crucial part of her family support and support childcare and supporting with raising her children but she was denied housing at B- through BC Housing because she wasn't just a mom and kids. So that, that type of uh, family composition, we need to amend the rules so that they can place families, extended families or families that uh, are um, have you know maybe a grandmother living with them so they can support families, that, especially single parents. That seems so rigid, Adrian, that they there's no flexibility for them to be able to say, yes, we see that's working for you. OK, let's get you some housing. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that's the, so. It's that inflexibility, uh, and that's the kind of thing that could be done quickly because those are policy changes. It doesn't require legislation. It just requires government to say we're going to authorize uh, BC Housing and other nonprofit housing providers to be more flexible in how they place families in these units. Okay. And so also, build larger units for bigger families would be helpful. Too. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, so, what what has the reaction been like to this? Is is there hope that this might get done? Some of these policy changes. Well, we'll see. Um, I, I heard the housing minister react to that story about the rent increase for, for the family that's about to have a child and probably already has a child. Um, I hope we'll wait and see what he does. We have sent this report to the housing minister, to the premier and ministers, the attorney general for the, the human rights uh, code changes we'd like to see. And we've asked for meetings with them. So we're waiting to hear back uh, and see uh, if we can bring this to them. And we want others to also use this as advocacy as they work with families who, who are facing these problems to bring it to the attention of their elected representatives. Is this the first time that this particular type of report has been done, Adrian, or is this like an update that you've done regularly? No, this is the first time we've done this particular deep dive into housing as an issue. We do the child poverty, publish the child poverty report card every year. We'll be publishing that soon this year, too. But the uh, this is the first time we, we, thanks to the Law Foundation funding, we were able to really dive into reaching out to families and service providers around the province to hear what was going on and to hear their recommendations. All right. So interesting. I hope something gets done about that. I look forward to the update. Adrian, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Cindy. That's Adrian Montani, who's the executive director of First Call. They came out with this report. It's called A Failure to Protect the Denial of Children's Right to Housing in British Columbia. And what it's showing is that we know it's tough to get housing, that it can be even tougher for families or, you know, moms, single parents who have children or youth living with them. It's even more challenging because there are no strong protections to help them, you know, find that housing, make sure it's suitable, or even if a landlord decides that oh, I don't want to rent to kids, I don't want to rent to a family, what is the, the the protection that they have against that? If you want to weigh in, if you've got a story to tell on that, I can kind of imagine how hard this is to find uh, rent for families these days, but simi at cknw.com.